0: Hey, Cat. Hey, Tanya. How's it going? It's going good. What are you up to How- these days? You look all a glow.
1: I am sweating. And the air conditioning works, unlike this time last year. But it is nice and hot. But we've had tons and tons and tons of rain. So the humidity is 100% and it's 90-something degrees. and Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: well, if it keeps your skin looking glorious, I guess there's nothing that we can complain yeah. about.
1: It, it, I am quite, quite a glow. Quite a glow. Well, what are are we talking about today, Tanya? Uh,
0: If you read my podcast intro, apparently (laughs) we're talking about heart heart health, but we'll just go with heart health. And uh, I think we were going to throw in like the whole yoga concept of heart opening just because it's such an important component to heart Mm -hmm. health. And with that, I suppose just the energy of a healthy heart space and all of the, all of the doodads that go along with that. Mm-hmm. So from a heart health standpoint, what, what you, what you where would you like to start? You like Well, you, a list. you know,
1: I was looking at, uh, I get on harvard.edu a lot and they had just a very short article on heart health and the very first sentence. In there said the heart beats about 2.5 billion times over the average lifetime, pushing millions of gallons of blood to every part of the body. And I was like, "Wow, 2.5 billion times—that's a lot." But I would have thought it was even more than that. What about you?
0: Uh, that's kind of a big number to wrap your brain around. It,
1: it is a big number.
0: And then you're like, "Is it big enough? Like, I want, <laughs> I want to live a long life." So I know. What's what's that? Is that the mm-hmm. average expectancy at 75? Is that 84? Mm-hmm. What- What does that number represent?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, when as it's pumping, it's carrying all that oxygen and the fuel and the hormones and all the other stuff our body needs to live to our cells. So it's a good thing that it is pumping, pumping, pumping.
0: Well, and you and I both know it's like when we bring up the big cancer word, but it's also when you bring up heart health, like everybody's Mm -hmm. been touched by somebody who has had a heart issue, whether Mm -hmm. it's heart disease, whether it's high blood pressure, or high cholesterol, whether it's diabetes, whether it's you know a heart surgery or a heart attack, or somebody somewhere knows somebody who has struggled with heart issues they're related to, or it's they themselves, like, right? Mm-hmm. So right. It's, it's present in everybody's life. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's always my favorite thing to talk about in yoga when we talk about heart openers is my lovely little preaching about, notice it's the only organ that doesn't get cancer.
1: You know, I've never thought about that. And yeah.
0: it's fantastic, really. Yeah. Because you Thank can, goodness. Yeah. Well, and the theory in yoga, or at least the theory in the sutras, is that it's because of the energy of love mm-hmm. that, you know, withstands and keeps it healthy, even when it is not healthy. And, you know, I would throw in there the energetics of anybody who's having heart health issues might need to consider how healthy the energy around their heart space and their heart chakra is, Mm -hmm. and maybe find that as much as it is physical, it could also be mental and spiritual, which can be very tricky for Mm -hmm. some people to admit that their own heart health is their own energetic shortfall. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, we don't like to take responsibility for things like that. It's much easier to blame it on eating too much fast food or not exercising or smoking or having bad genes, you know, your grandfather had a heart attack or even just infections that affect our heart. It's easier to blame it on that than our own energy.
0: Right. And yet all of those things are Part of it, there's no mm-hmm. doubt, but ultimately, what's the underlying energy within that space? So, right, we could go down the list, and I think we've kind of covered it. Like, there are definitely a lot of things that can have adverse effects on the heart, on the heart space, mm-hmm. energetically, physically, spiritually. Everyone in their lifetime has suffered heartbreak or heartache. No one is immune to it, and right. so it's a matter of what you do with it, and or or how you mend it and or how you recover from it as to how it's going to affect you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. So I think some of that, you know, you talk about checking in with your eating, checking in with, you know, some of those bad habits like smoking, and is it time for you to figure out how to give up some of those unhealthy lifestyle choices, mm-hmm. and and what are some of the things you can do to
1: improve your heart health? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing, I was still in my little Harvard heart letter uh, from Harvard EDU, and there was a study that came out just this past May, May 14th of 22, in the issue of The Lancet, and that's L-A-N-C-E-T. And for people with heart disease, a Mediterranean diet prevents future heart problems better than a low-fat diet, according to that study. And, you know, because they, for so many years, they, we promoted low-fat, low-fat, low-fat. But, you know, now, like anytime I've asked my doctor when I go in, just because I like to ask her crazy things all the time, I'm like, so what diet? All doctors really seem to recommend the Mediterranean diet. The study that was just in that recent issue was from people age 20 to 75 that had had coronary artery disease. So I thought I liked that they had such a wide range of people. I was going to say um, that's a
0: huge range. That's 55 mm-hmm. years. That's some people's yeah. whole lifespan.
1: So I thought that was really pretty uh, pretty cool. They had half the people were randomly assigned to follow a low-fat diet and the other followed the Mediterranean diet and they all met with dietitians once a month. But both diets even though was the, there was the low fat but of course, that they both emphasized a lot of vegetables, fruits, whole grains, but the Mediterranean diet featured more olive oil and nuts and fatty fish. So the low fat had more grains, potatoes, and legumes, and emphasized low fat cooking techniques. So to me, I'm thinking the biggest difference there is olive oil. Okay, I use olive oil all the time, don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. You know, and nuts and fatty fish. You know, so I thought that was pretty neat. But the study went uh, for seven years, and these people that followed the Mediterranean diet had significant fewer heart attacks, strokes, and those type related problems than the low fat people. I
0: also love that the study spanned seven years.
1: Yeah. Because I I
0: feel like when you're going to be looking at something, you know, like a a fairly large organ and system, you know, group, this isn't just a, hey, I want you to take this medicine for six months and see how it goes for another year. This is like, Mm -hmm. quite literally, can we change the effect on your heart? Can we reverse some of the negative effects? of diet for the Mm -hmm. seven years prior to this new healthy seven years and those are the things that we really need to be getting in touch with is Mm -hmm. if we take a baseline of our health today and we knew that seven years from now our life could be so much healthier it's like sure most of us want instant gratification we want to know that we're going to be better (laughs) in six months but what's the long what's the end game really what's the end game how long can we uh, you know effectively help and change our longevity. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I did not tell you is how many people were in this study, because that always interests me too. If they do a study with 20 people, I'm like, whoop! you do? They had a thousand and two people in this study.
0: And see, that's a healthy group size too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like that. Cool. So, Very cool. So does it give you any in that study? Does it give you any specifics on things you can do? Or are we going to just roll back into our list?
1: It talks about a he- healthy lifestyle when started, at a young age goes a long way to preventing it. You know, but a lot of times at a young age, we don't think about it because we're young and invincible. So we don't think about, well, you know, I probably ought to do this to have a healthier heart. But lifestyle changes and medications can nip a lot of these heart harming problems in the bud. High blood pressure or high cholesterol meds can help that because a lot of times like my mother-in-law weighs 92 pounds. She eats cleaner than anyone I know in the world and she is on cholesterol medicine because it's just genetic
0: I also think to myself there still has to be a way to combat that like mm-hmm. there has to be a way to help with that mm-hmm. like we, we can't just write the story well I'm sorry but your dad died of a heart attack or screwed you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying like that you and I wouldn't accept that we would say well no there still has to be something I can do now right
1: mm-hmm. well so- and you know yoga because stress pay, plays such a huge role in and our, the, all the systems in our body, so not just our heart, but we talk about it all the time. But so I do believe there are lots of things that we can do. I mean, first, yeah. you know, make sure you go talk to the doctor. And if they say, you know, just genetically, you're going to have to be on this, then get on it. Yeah. You know, so
0: I and I do think when I, you know, some of the websites that I looked at, one of the first things was, first of all, know your health history. And mm-hmm. if you know that this is a thing, then absolutely ought to be considering changing your life style so that you can stop the chain. Hopefully, Change the outcome. The other, you know, is specific to eating a healthy diet. And people, Mm -hmm. like you say, young people, maybe they're not thinking so much about that. I mean, I do know there are some young people who are, but I also know that it's not like you're going to be, you know, walking around a college campus and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, what did you eat today? Well, I ate my heart healthy food. You know, like (laughs) that's literally not what's coming up. It wasn't in my 20s year old language, my 20 mm-hmm. year old language was where's thirsty Thursday at this week, uh-huh. you know, like, so mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. but I do, I do think that it's interesting that not only was it specific to diet, but it was also specific to, you know, how much you're drinking. It's specific to lung health, because people don't realize how closely related lung diseases are to heart related diseases. And so one of them is like not smoking, not vaping, you know, watching your use of an inhalants, period. Mm -hmm. Because you think about when a person has congestive heart failure, some of the things that happens go straight to your lungs. Pneumonia becomes a complication, fluid in the lungs, right? Like all of these things are so closely related, right? Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, if you are prescribed medicines to be working with your doctors to make sure that you are taking them if you're prescribed them. Mm -hmm. But then, And also like you and I say, working to get into a healthy place, maybe dropping a few pounds, doing some regular yoga or walking or exercise of any kind. And if you can start working towards coming off of those medicines, working to come off of those medicines, and
1: Mm -hmm. if you
0: find that when you start to take them off, that your numbers go back up again, then obviously you need to get back on those medicines, right?
1: Well, and you know, one thing you can do too, if you think about, well, okay, I should have started this healthy life lifestyle when I was 18, and now I'm 42 or whatever, guess what, you can still make a difference on your children. You know, if you make, I mean, you can still make a difference on yourself, even if you start when you're 70 or 80 or pick a number, you can make a difference. But think about the generations that are following you that you can make a huge difference for.
0: Yeah, 100% awareness is, you know, Mm -hmm. is key. And, you know, if you do have small kids, you know, changing your diet is going to obviously change their diet. Unless, of course, you know, you're like, well, I'm going to get myself fruits and vegetables and then buy my kid McDonald's. Like, okay, maybe that's not so not so healthy. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, yeah, it's never too late to start. And I promise you, most people who have had gone in and been like, I had heart pain, and they get that scare. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are going to come out and say, yep, it's never too late to change. I got to change today because mm-hmm. I'm not ready yet. My number's not up yet. And I yeah. figure it out. Like, right. Mm hmm. And so we don't want you to get to that place where you have the really big scare.
1: We'd rather you be able to get on top of it earlier on. When I first started doing yoga, I would go to class and people would talk about heart openers. So, you know, you and I both know what that term means, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about what that means?
0: In yoga, we talk about the use of muscle groups. We talk about anatomy. We talk about how the posture is held. And there are specific things to the groups of postures in yoga. One of them, as Kat says, is called a heart opener. And what this posture or group of postures really focuses on is the lifting of the sternum, the opening through the thoracic cavity, which if you don't know what that is, that's your chest space that holds your lungs. It holds your heart. It's pretty much the space above your diaphragm, just to your throat space. It is supported mostly by the rib cage and the spinal column, which is holding up and, and for that matter, holding the structure mm-hmm. of your lungs. And like people don't realize it's vacuum packed. And if you mm-hmm. puncture into the rib space, you can puncture a lung. And when that happens, the vacuum disappears and the lung collapses. And if you have ever dealt with a lung collapse, you know, it's painful, it's excruciating. And all of a sudden, you very much appreciate where you find your breath. (laughs) And so heart openers are really all about lifting up through the heart space, finding a really nice tall spine, and then Gently tipping back enough that what you're doing is like broadening the collarbones, really trying to find opening, literally on the front side of the chest, Mm -hmm. aka the opening of the heart space. And energetically, the things it does for your central nervous system is incredible. Mm -hmm. Working heart openers decreases your blood pressure. It it increases your healthy blood flow. It decreases your heart rate brings you into a state of calm, mostly, Mm -hmm. although I have had times where I have had very tight-chested people move into a heart-opening class and literally fall apart. Mm -hmm. So there is also the importance of teachers' need to be aware when they're moving people in and out of heart spaces that they're using words that are soothing, that are welcoming to opening that space so that it's not so scary or so
1: vulnerable. Absolutely. You know, because it's there's you want to always try to help and heart opening in yoga can happen through the postures and through the breath, but it can also happen through meditation as well. I, I love how we can encompass so many different pieces of heart opening in our yoga practice.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think as long as we kind of run down that line for the yoga teachers that are listening and I suppose educators of any school of learning is to remind students, whether they're young, old, whether they're chair yoga, or whether they're, you know, kindergartners is to really remind them about, you know, lengthening the spine and bringing the shoulder blades together and lifting up through the heart space. Mm-hmm. And visualizing, I like to tell this to students, visualize like the shoulder blades are are lifting up and holding the heart space. So it's mm-hmm. like you can trust the strength of your spine and upper back to help hold and support your heart space. And mm-hmm. how lovely is that? Like That's right? beautiful. And I think that mm-hmm. as you talk with teachers and educators, whether it's a yoga teacher or whatever, that you talk about using the language that feels welcoming, like smile the color bones or, you know, open through the heart (laughs) space, you know, and, and not just be like, breathe into the intercostals, although that's very important, like, right, but it doesn't necessarily welcome the energy that we're really trying to work towards.
1: Well, and we do talk about heart openers a lot in yoga, but it does affect our lives off the mat too. It kind of helps us understand how it all works together, the physical structure of our body, the energy that we have in our daily lives, the way that we see the world around Around us, the thoughts that we have, the emotions that we experience. It helps us to realize that they're not all separate. They're not all isolated, that they all do work together. And they're all aspects of us. They're all like, you know, those little layers of an onion, yeah. you know, so they're all tied together. So it's really almost impossible to affect one without having some effect on another.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And and when you say it affects all of our lifestyle, whether we're on the mat or not, look at your posture. Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent sure. Are you ni- talking about me right now? <laughs> <laughs> not you specifically in this moment, but if the shoe fits, right. But, but ultimately that's what I'm talking about is it does affect all of us. Because friends, we have shitty posture
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and we have become this nation of slumped shoulders. We literally spend most of our time in a space of closed heartedness. And Mm -hmm. it's really disheartening. Wow, that was a fun use of
1: words. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one thing I would love for our listeners to think about next time you're out in a group of people, look around and look at the people that seem the most confident, that seem the people you're more attracted to. They're not the ones that are all slumped down, they're the ones that have an open heart, and that makes them feel more approachable to you. I, I often watch people's posture because you can tell a lot about the person themselves, but you can tell a lot about yourself. Yeah, 100% you can see
0: it just in conversation, especially like teachers who are working with young teens or working with students. You can see how if you say something that maybe is a critique, that you can watch that child's shoulders go down a centimeter, come forward a centimeter. And you can also do the reverse when you're like, oh, I absolutely love what you did here on this assignment. Like, this was great. You can watch their shoulders. Shoulders grow an inch Mm -hmm. and you can watch them go back an inch like you can watch the light rise Mm -hmm. just as well as you can watch the light sink and I I I feel like I've been saying this a lot recently just in general to people but I'm like dude read the room if you're watching the person you're talking to collapse maybe you need to change the way you're putting it out there Mm -hmm. right because we don't even realize how much our words affect the heart opening of the people around us
1: Mm -hmm. we use heart openers much in yoga also because many of us and I would I wouldn't even say many most of us have some kind of a shield of armor around our hearts to protect us from you know years of being belittled or being unsupported or being emotionally challenged and it might be something simple that wouldn't affect someone else but it does affect you so we built this armor around ourselves that sounds silly because you're like there's no armor around your heart there is and because of this this can cause a lot more stiff muscles, cause inelasticity of the tissues in that area. And we tend to hunch this way. And we're going to also develop back problems. no one can see me what I'm doing. But when you hunch forward, when you round your body forward, you're going to end up developing back problems, you're going to have a lot more issues, just because of this improper posture. And a lot of that comes from protecting our body,
0: protecting our heart space. Exactly. Usually, Mm -hmm. if I'm, you know, seeing somebody for energy medicine, and they come in saying that they have back problems, I'm like, are we talking (laughs) low back? Or are we talking upper back? Because just out the gate, knowing the answer of low back versus upper back, I can determine whether we're talking chakras one through three, or whether we're talking four and five, right? It's, it's very telling when people are suffering. Suffering discomfort in the upper back. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah,
1: I think people love it when we get into the heart chakra, also.
0: Uh, they, mm-hmm. love it, they love it, it that they're heart chakra aware. I have uh-huh. come across a couple students where it turned out to be weepy messes but that's necessary too (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. sometimes
1: that's more important in the growth of of you just getting through the weepy mess than yeah
0: a hundred (laughs) percent you know sometimes that's the hard road do you have any books you want to talk about
1: you know I have so many books do you have some that you would like to share
0: I think that the one that I would like to just mention again is BKS Iyengar's Path to Holistic Medicine his he's got quite a few series that are specific to heart opening. But I do think that the book Yoga as Medicine is really a great book. And then, of course, walking the path of any of our Ayurvedic wellness books.
1: Mm -hmm. I do like uh, the Wheels of Life book by Judith, PhD, Dr. Judith, but Andio. Anadoa. Yeah, I like that one a lot. There's also a... Trauma yoga book that I like a lot that gets into heart health as well. And I think this is the one yoga for emotional trauma.
0: Mm, I do like that book.
1: There's so many books out there. There's a lot of books on the Mediterranean diet as well. So if you do want to just look at in fact, you don't even need to buy a book on that. There are so yeah, I actually think there's so many resources. There's
0: mm-hmm. Mediterranean diet apps too. Yeah,
1: Yeah, there's one in particular that I, I don't have now, but I used to have it. It's called The Mediterranean Diet Plan by Susan Zog, Zogib, Z-O-G-H-E-I-B. And I did like that book a lot. Um, and so that is one that I used to have. But, you know, like I said, there's so many things that you can buy now on. Uh, you can find online. You don't really need to buy a book on that.
0: Yeah, 100%. You can Google healthy Mediterranean meal plans and you'll find stuff it's you know Mm -hmm. the the world wide web has made so much available at our fingertips you can also google heart opening yoga sequence if you're Mm -hmm. you know working from the space of your home you can even find heart opening chair postures like if you're working in your office Mm -hmm. and you're you know looking to you know just find a couple things that you could do while you're working that is good for your posture and as long as we're talking good posture while you're at the office, check in with the chair you're using. Is (laughs) it the appropriate chair for your height? Is it the appropriate chair for your legs and back?
1: Why don't you give me three poses that you love for heart opening?
0: Ooh. Reverse warrior, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: one of my faves.
1: Love that.
0: If I'm going to move to the earth, as much as people think of boat pose as a core pose, I -hmm. also like to think of boat pose as a heart opener. Mm -hmm. Really plugging the shoulder blades down and in and really using the core to support the heart space. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, fish pose everybody uh, everybody needs a good fish pose to open their heart space mm-hmm. I encourage people if they're working through really big heart stuff um, in the energy room with me to change from a pillow under their head to a pillow underneath their upper back and let their head mm-hmm. you know, drape back onto the bed and actually try to fall asleep in a heart opener posture it's hard for people to do but yeah. it's really healthy if they're really trying to work through heart space issues
1: mm-hmm. yep. uh, those are good I love dancer's pose for Mm -hmm. heart opening. Love dancer. I love wild thing for heart openers. And I also love upward facing dog.
0: Oh yeah. Up dog's a big one. Mm -hmm. So those
1: are some of my, so you can take those six poses and create your own flow. Oh, a hundred (laughs) percent.
0: Yeah. Love. Love comes first, be Mm -hmm. kind. And it's not just be kind to others, but it's be kind to yourself, your body, Mm -hmm. do what is going to help you keep your heart space healthy. Yeah.
1: And when you start doing that, you'll notice not only positive changes in your life, but in the lives of everyone around you. Totally true. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis.
0: We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions.
1: Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com.
0: And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.